0: casual battle. Good morning you beautiful individual. Welcome back to Casual Babble and welcome back to the newest morning show coming to you live from Race to the USA in the good old Charlotte market in North Carolina. Um, I'm your host BZ Babbles and before we begin do not forget to like comment and subscribe hit the bell that way you're notified about all future content on the channel. If you're listening to us on Podbean go ahead and leave a follow make sure that you're engaged with us in the future. And if you're looking for a chance to support the community go ahead and check out the patreon and the buy me a coffee links included in the bio or description of the show just check it out down below also if you want to be uh, on the mailing list for the newsletter for casual babble it's coming out in a couple of weeks so head on over to casualbabble.com there is a sign up link right below the main picture go ahead and check it out it says sign up and keep up and if you want to submit your story your experience your question or your office gossip be sure to check out casualbaba.com. there is a page called submit your story go ahead and send it there or we also have a reddit community and that link is that community is going to be called talk office gossip so welcome to monday it's a brand new week um For a lot of us, Hurricane Ian has passed over, um, came through North Carolina a little bit, not a whole lot going on. Of course, a lot of other areas got hit quite a bit harder, so we do want to make sure that we keep those individuals in our thoughts this morning. It's going to be a lot tougher for some people for a little while, so keep them in mind. But it is Monday, start of a new week. Let's start the day off really really strong with a lot of good vibes and energy so today one of the things i really wanted to touch on is another hard lesson for those of us who are um, moving into the professional field uh, something you may have been prepared for a little bit maybe in class or maybe by a parent or a friend uh, before you really stepped into that professional world and that is how to handle the nose it is a natural part of our experience as young professionals, going either from the the home or the classroom into our first professional environments, whether or not that's an office of some sort or really any kind of um, space in which you are interacting with people who are kind of pre-established in the field that you're working in, who have a number of years of experience beyond you and who have their own kind of pre-established um, environment and structure and kind of way of doing things. and um, at least that's the goal right and we're always kind of coming into this we're trying to come into this space of handling new environments and sometimes we don't get there i think i got a little off base there but <laughs> um but handling the nose you know obviously when you are preparing to enter this world of um, business and professionalism the most natural part of doing that is dealing with interviews right and that process by itself can definitely be a little arduous, can be a little outdrawn, but it's something we got to learn how to prepare for, right? And sometimes even in the best interviews, we can go into a conversation um, where they've set a time frame of like 20 minutes. We end up having a really good conversation and taking up 45 to an hour's worth of their time. And we still might get a no. Really annoying, trust me, I get there, I've been there. I got like three or five no's last week after having conversations with people, so I totally get it. And that's why I'm here, to tell you that it's a very natural part of the interview process, trying to enter those new spaces, but how do we handle those things? So I will admit the first few times I received a no from an interview from a space that I wanted to work in, I didn't know how to process it. You know, obviously when when I go into an interview, when I even agree to an interview, it's for a job that I do really want. That's an environment that I think would be really fitting for myself as a person, as a professional or a young professional. And, you know, obviously I put a lot of not a whole lot, but I think an understandable amount of emotional and mental kind of um, investment into imagining myself in that new role, what it could be like, what advancing through the company I'm trying to get into could look like. And obviously to receive the no is kind of to be like, oh, well, you know, damn, (laughs) you know, that's not what I was looking for, but it happens right now. It took me a little while to learn this, but and everyone's different, so hopefully you learned this earlier. And I think it's a really good tool. Um, what I've learned, especially if I know that, despite the no, we've had I've had good conversation with the individuals who are overseeing the hiring process. Um, that's one, and you know this takes a lot of control of one's pride to do this. But I always try to say thank you for the chance to speak with you in person to discuss the opportunity to allow uh, me to present to you guys the kind of person that I am um, and the kind of person I could have been to work with. Um, So thank them for the opportunity to have spoken to them at length about the opportunity. But then what I always do and what should be, I think honored is always asking for feedback. Now, I think a a lot of times, those of us, especially those of us who are millennials and younger, we kind of grow up in this world with this kind of knowledge expectation, um, or at least this kind of, um, yeah, expectation that the older generations tend to kind of see us as either not wanting to do better or that we have this idea that we already kind of know everything. And for a lot of us, that's not true. We do want to learn. We do want to grow. And, you know, we kind of enter a lot of times we enter into this world where those expectations are obviously pre-established and we want to know what we can do to Develop ourselves to where we can kind of meet those expectations, right? So, I always think asking for feedback one is very professional, it shows that you have a great level of maturity, um, which can go a long way, and it provides you, secondly, and especially if they respond, the chance to learn about what held you back. So, I do always ask um, again, I say thank you for their time, but then I'm always like, okay, if you could. Or I don't even say if you could, because they really should be able to. But I always say, can you please provide me feedback as to what kept me from being that prime candidate, either in your eyes or the eyes of your team? I would really love to know Um, that way I can just work on you know, whatever that is, because it can be so many things. And, you know, obviously a lot of times, and I don't know why, but a lot of times they don't mention it during the interview, kind of what seems to be holding you back. Um, And sometimes it's something that you can definitely fix in the moment, like for me. So I lost out on a pretty, What could have been a really, really cool job opportunity for me um, back in like 2016, because where I was, my first full time job out of college, I knew pretty much immediately. And I think I mentioned this on the last episode. I knew that I wasn't going to want to be there forever. So I had this really cool interview for a digital content coordinator or manager for a local television station, which was going to be cool. And I went into the interview I felt excited, I was excited, I was really interested in the job, and we had a good conversation, I th- thought the interview went really well, and granted, you know a bad interview when you really have a bad interview, because if it's not a good conversation, they're going to cut you off at five minutes, and that's even even if you make it that far, right? So, good conversation, I felt good about the entire experience, but I lost the opportunity so when i inquired about you know kind of what happened you know what um what kind of came across as not the best for the company i was told i seemed disinterested in the job which threw me back right because again I felt really interested in the job I really wanted to be considered for it and so I couldn't figure out at first you know what that meant and I can't recall it's been so many years but I can't recall if I reached kind of back out to him to clarify or if he included in the email that he sent me that it was like my countenance right it's how I held myself Uh, something about how I was kind of presenting myself made him made it to him seemed like I was disinterested which kind of broke my heart because again I was really into the job I had like read through the description and of course through the conversation I had with him and his other coordinator at the time because I'd be working with her um I was so excited but I think what happens is and I realized this later is that I kind of have a bit of RBF which just in case you don't know what that is it's rustic bitch face um but and it, it, so I had to learn that about myself, right? That's how I got that no. Um, but the funny thing about it, that particular situation is, is like it's so and I think this maybe a lot of us can kind of harmonize with this. But when I'm listening, listening to somebody talk, I'm not focusing on, I guess, presenting myself in a particular way. I, I tend to look like I'm focusing be, or like I'm not. Not that I'm not happy, but when someone's talking, I'm either explaining the job or they're um, telling me more about themselves. I'm focusing on listening to them. I'm focusing on really hearing what they're saying so that I can take that info that they're providing to me and I can, you know, work with it for a further conversation. So I think as a result, I may come off kind of like like listening, like, like in, in such a way that. Maybe it comes off as somewhat disinterested and I had no idea and I lost that job opportunity. I got the no and I was like, well, damn, you know, but I still asked for that, um, that feedback and thankfully I got it. And I think over the couple of years, you know, um, I've found a way to retain more of a happy presentation, uh, without it feeling too fake. And granted, you shouldn't have to go into an interview, excuse me, you shouldn't have to go into an interview feeling fake, right? You shouldn't have to go in there presenting yourself in a way that doesn't make sense to who you are. Um, and, you know, clothing, like not just clothing wise, but just like, again, personality wise, you shouldn't have to go into a situation like that feeling like you have to present some alternate version of who you are because that doesn't really make any sense. Because eventually you're going to want to be able to be who you are, especially if you get the yes and you enter that environment uh, best to be sure that you can just be yourself. So first lesson I say, always say thank you for the opportunity and can I get feedback feedback? feedback's really good. Now I will say these hiring managers could be a bit better about providing the feedback because not everyone does it for some reason. I'm not sure why. I feel like, you know, if you've taken some time out of my day, uh, the least you can do is provide me 20 seconds worth of feedback, and we should be good to go. So the other thing I wanted to mention is that receiving no's, I think over time, I've realized that hearing no's sets a decent expectation. And not in the sense that you want to expect the nose because we never want to expect the nose though we sometimes kind of leave an interview or a conversation with this like heart-dropping sensation that, oh my God, that's not gonna work out. But I think receiving the nose, and this may sound like a harsher pill to swallow, but I think it helps to set a proper expectation about the professional world and how tricky it can be sometimes to get that awesome job. And I think that hearing the nose a couple of different times Um, helps us to realize, okay, let's make sure that every single time we're going out for one of these gigs, that we are, you know, crossing all the T's, dotting the I's, and making sure as many of our ducks, if not all of our ducks, are in a row before we talk to anybody. So, yeah. And granted, of course, we don't want to receive as many notes as say that I have because that gets a little depressing at some point. But, um, the no, yeah, the no's do provide, I think, a really strong, necessary expectation of what one can see when trying to go out for as many jobs as one does these days. And these days, you know, trying to make rent, trying to be able to pay your bills. Uh, some of us are having to go out there and do a number of different jobs, and that can definitely be a pain in the butt. Um... And no's are definitely going to be something that happens. So expect it. But with that in mind, with the expectation that no's will happen, one thing I want you to not do is allow that to convince you that that's the only response you'll get. Because I think if we do that, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to be optimistic. And we don't want to lose the ability to be optimistic. Pessimism is only fun for comedy, let's be honest. And I think losing our optimism hurts us in a way that we shouldn't allow the work economy to hurt us, right? You know, for the most part, we can't control how crazy the market is and um, how these companies are operating. So do anything you can to retain the optimism that something will work out. And that something will come your way. To me, uh, for me, honestly, if I feel particularly down about a certain no that I got because of how good the job could have been, how what kind of career it could have provided, or if I'm just feeling down about, you know, I've been in a job that I don't feel is going to take me anywhere, or maybe, you know, I may have gotten fired recently and I'm trying to understand, you know, what I can do from there. I do a number of things just to get myself back in kind of a hype mood and again, make sure I don't lose that optimism because I'm trying to retain that lucky can go attitude that I, you know, typically have before I receive or kind of have that emotional mental drop, right? So what do I do? I, one, will rewatch one of my favorite shows, Um, typically Ugly Betty. I'm not going to lie. I love Ugly Betty. I did not watch it very much while it was happening on ABC, but I think right before or during college at some point, I kind of came across the show again on Hulu, and I binged the hell out of that show. Um, If you haven't seen Ugly Betty with America Ferrera, it's really, really good if you're looking for a kind of, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Like a... One of those shows that you watch just to feel good, right? It's a, yeah, a feel good show. There you go. So it's a really good feel good show. If you're looking for a story about someone who kind of enters a uh, world that they're not very familiar with um, and watching them build up into this pretty formidable ind- individual within that industry and just really kind of seeing them launch. So I watch Ugly Betty all the time. When I can afford my Hulu subscription, because let's be honest, um, from there, another thing that I do like to watch in regards to, um, what's kind of feel good and wh- what I think helps me, um, again, keep in the mood is honestly watching either that's or even a charmed, um, Raven, some like Raven Baxter or uh, Phoebe Halliwell and those respective shows have these really awesome careers and you really see them go for it. And I think that also helps me to kind of re reestablish, reignite my optimism, which I think is very healthy, very important for us. And yeah, I think it's very suitable for those of us who are trying to work and trying to to grind and still find that really nice. That sweet job that we're looking for. Um, and if all else fails, honestly, I will switch over to Netflix in a heartbeat and I will watch The Secret again. Because I've watched The Secret a couple different times and I'm trying to maintain this, you know, what you put out is what you attract kind of mindset. It's very tricky, um, not super, you know. It's it's a mindset you got to work for. Um, but yeah, don't allow the no's to convince you that those are the only responses you'll ever get. Um, it can seem that way sometimes. Not planned, not preferred, obviously. And sometimes I even consider taking one of the noses. you know what, I guess maybe that wasn't the environment I was looking for. And sometimes, you know, even if um, I'm not happy to have gotten the no, I will remember that At some point during that interview process, I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best environment environment. Maybe this isn't the best job I could have gone for. So maybe the no is a blessing in disguise. It still means I'm either stuck at my current job or that I'm currently unemployed still. Um, But let's try to find the blessing in the no, because maybe if I would have gone to that job and I got the yes, maybe I would have felt the same way. And, you know, nowadays, you know, I'm very much hashtag pay your wa- or act your wage. <laughs> I'm very much that way. Ooh, and I will definitely make sure that I include the creator that I'm seeing that from. Uh, she's a lot of great fun creator on TikTok. Um, but yeah, at your wage, you know, <laughs> don't go out of your way for a company that, that won't go out of its way for you. Now, I think is a really good time for us to go ahead and hop onto some submissions um, to discuss some other stories from and, uh, young individuals who are looking to, um, trying to figure out their way (laughs) in the professional world. So let's go ahead and pull those up. Uh, again, if you're looking for a chance to submit your story, your question, or your office gossip to the show, you can do so in a couple of ways. You can head on over to casualbabble.com. There is a page called submit your story and, um, you can either submit your information there, or if you prefer to just be a bit more anonymous, granted, you can put anonymous as your name on the submission sheet, um, on the website, the other option you have. And again, both of these links are in the description or the bio for the show. And, um, yes. So what was I saying? So, um, go to the Reddit community called Talk Office Gossip. And again, you can submit your story there. Um, My admin will let you know either um, regardless of where you submit your story, um, when your submission will be taking into consideration or will be used on the show during the show, um, where it'll be used here while I'm talking. Or if your um, submission happens to not make the show, the other thing that we will do is definitely Include it in the newsletter, which comes out monthly. Um, The next newsletter for Casual Babble will be coming out in a couple of weeks. And again, if you do want to make sure that you're on the mailing list for that newsletter, um, on the main page for casualbabble.com, there is a little section right below the main picture that says sign up and keep up go ahead and submit your info there, and you will be sure to receive the next um, newsletter that comes out from Casual Babel. So uh, let's go ahead and check out this morning's first submission. Let me go ahead and switch around here. Do, 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 do. Let's see. How many of y'all have like mornings where it's like you've got way too many profiles, and you have to remember (laughs) how to switch to everything. Okay, so the first um, story this morning is called tips for responding to a low offer. I was just notified that I've been selected to receive an offer for a senior director, non-technical job. I'm super excited about this job. I haven't received the offer yet. I think it's just talking a long, I think it's just taking a long time and the recruiter was apologizing and telling me not to go anywhere. During my initial phone screen, a junior recruiter asked me about comp expectations. I said, I'm looking for around 200,000. Love that. And he said, Well, the form I have once arranged, and typically we ask for the big range like 40K or so. That's a very big difference. I can't just plop 200K on there. Should I put maybe 180 to 220? I was traveling and was on six hours of sleep. I should have made 200 my minimum, but he planted this seed in my head. So I said, let's do 185 to 220. Okay. But it's an estimate based on the full comp package and learning more about the position. I then asked my standard question, how does that land with the budget you have for your job? And so, and he said, I don't even have access to that my boss has it, but my eyes aren't popping out of my head at those numbers, if that's what you're asking. To me, I'm thinking, oof, I left money on the table already. Same. Going through the interview process, it's clear that this is a more senior job than I anticipated from the job description. I also learned that they had the job posted initially as director and was has to raise it to senior director and repost it because they got poor quality candidates, okay? So if I could redo my salary range today before the ever receiving numbers based on the interview, I'd probably say 210 to 240. Good, I like that. As I prepare for the offer, which I'm expecting to be around the low point of my range, any tips for how to respond? Have I already shot myself in the foot? Trying to get from 180 to 215 plus seems impossible, but maybe not from the company's side of things. So what I do like is that um, you did ask for the budget of the job, which I, I'm always like whenever they ask you about your um expectations for the salary um, one thing i do like to do is try to do some research beforehand and that's if they don't post the expected salary range on indeed or linkedin wherever you found out about the job right um and typically they do list it and i do like the range that they've put on linkedin or indeed i'll typically go with that and i will shoot for a higher part of that range if they're looking for a singular number and not a range like this company is, um, but always open to negotiations to a degree, to a degree people. Um, But I think you said in here uh, that you mentioned, let's do 185 to 220, but it's just an estimate based on the full comp package and learning more about the position. So I think since you planted that seed in their head, I would think that, I would think that since you planted that seed in their head, um, that they would know that as you would learn about the package, that you would still at some point alter the range. If you realize this, and you mentioned that you realized the position is more senior than you anticipated. So I would have shot up to that 215 to 240 that you mentioned, um, you already told the recruiter that you were speaking to that, that's something you would likely do, um, Honestly, that's what I would do. I would bring it back up to the recruiter and like mention to them that you had mentioned that once you learn more about the job, you'd likely alter the range you were looking for since they're looking for a range and then let them know that this is what you ideally be looking for, um, especially if you feel like depending on how senior the position is, if 215 to 240 matches, then there's zero. I think there's zero problem with asking for that because Um, You want to make sure that for a position that you're performing for, that you are clearly being paid what is going to reflect that kind of work and that kind of um, uh, investment that you're putting in for the company. So I think that um, you didn't shoot yourself in the foot as much as you believe you did, because, again, you mentioned that the first range you provided to them was essentially conditional and you learn more about the job, that condition did come into effect, and that you could go ahead and bump up to that other range that um, you mentioned. So, yeah, I would definitely say um, you you should be good, honestly, that's what I think. You should be good. All right, so thank you for that submission. I really, really appreciate it. So let's go ahead on and find our next... um, submission for today let's see here. it looks like this one's from an actual manager which i think is a first for me okay so this one is said a uh, call sorry it's called um how do i go about an employee stealing small items Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. i know a particular um co-working Um, owner who would love to know about this one. Let's see. I've already talked to my boss about this, and he kind of blew it off. He likes to give very ambiguous answers. He's not the best. Sounds that way. Um, We're a small company, and and that doesn't have HR. Ooh, that could be an issue. I have an employee that has been stealing small items by multiple... That's been seen stealing small items by multiple staff members i haven't seen it myself and no one has actually caught her in the act just found items in her purse or her pockets it's been reported to me three times in the last month i want to fire her this week this is enough information to, Is this enough information to go on for termination for this reason thanks in advance so i think the hard part here is going to be the fact that you yourself have not seen her therefore you can't be an eyewitness to the theft Um, but if people have been reporting it to you at least three times and they have seen it, um, I would definitely re circle back around to those employees and, um, honestly, um, be like, Hey, we're going to address this with this employee. You mentioned this to me. Are you willing to essentially not, not testify, but like, are you willing to essentially, back up what you told me and say that you found what you found in her purse or you saw what you found in her purse or on her persons. And then, you know, for a fact, that the items that you saw in her possession were from the company, were from the, the workspace and address it that way. I, I honestly don't understand this whole thing with people stealing stuff from places they don't own. So, again, I'm with I work with a company. Right. And um, there's been a thing about people taking the silverware and it's like, y'all, how, how, like, (laughs) I think it's honestly very trashy. Like, how are you stealing things? I mean, I think it's one thing if you just like take a few cup looks, the little little small um, servings of creamer home for coffee. I think that's fine. But I've, I've been with places where the people who go there and use the space, have legit taken entire silverware sets like for real that i think is really trashy like stop taking stuff that isn't yours i think it's one of the most childish things in the world to go into an office space and over even either over time or like in one fell swoop to take an entire silverware set like what are you doing like especially uh and i think the places i've been to where this is happening honestly there are cameras that oversee those spaces um, personally i'm not and for some of them i know it's been going on for a little while so i'm not quite sure how they haven't found it yet but yeah come on like grow up don't steal silverware from public spaces like it's not your house you don't own the space you don't own anything in there so how you've found yourself under this delusion of taking things makes no sense so i would definitely say find a better hobby because that's that again i think that's just really 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 trashy it's it's not cute so i would definitely alter that the second you have the chance all right moving on so the next one is called the most important hotel guest it sounds like somebody who has an ego um this will be fun because i've been a concierge before let's see Uh, Let's see, one of my first shifts working at the front desk, I met a handful of guests. Um, When we check someone in, we have to go over some info verbally because no one reads the welcome emails. This woman could not be bothered to hear it. About 10 minutes after she went to her room, she came back and was incredibly upset that her door wouldn't lock. Had she listened to me, she would know how to lock it. I ended up having to physically go up to her and it took about 5 minutes for her to understand. It's the handle that you push in and twist the lock. Oh, it's really simple. Um, And again, I've been a concierge with a place like this, so I totally get it. Um, Later that evening, she comes back and is complaining that the Wi-Fi is too slow. It's about 830, so most of the guests are using the Wi-Fi now. So I explained this to her. She told me that she wanted me to ask the other guests to get off because she wanted to watch Netflix. Simple requests, right? Uh, Love people with an ego. The next day she's lost her child's bottle and after I checked the lost and found I told her I'll have her I'll give her a call if it turns up it this wasn't good enough and she demanded I look for it for her immediately hmm love people who are so full of their own stuff that they don't have any concept of con of context clues or that I don't work for you uh let's see here then she turns around and spotted it across the lobby and told me to go get it I may have gotten fired on this day, not gonna lie. I was seated behind the desk and the bottle was in a guest-friendly area. She was also closer to it than I was. This woman was such a headache. So, I was a concierge recently um, in Uptown and I worked in what's called a high-style apartment complex and that's when essentially all the units are in a singular building um, as opposed to, like, spread out across a property. So, I was a concierge for that job and Definitely living in uptown Charlotte or working in uptown Charlotte, you're going to meet a menagerie of different kind of people. Thankfully, I had a few really good gems up in there. Um, because if I didn't, yeah, someone like this coming across me, I may have gotten fired or at least gotten to talking to because I would have spoken my mind very clearly. Here's something I'm going to, this is for the bougie people out there who live in places like this and who have this very misguided concept that they should be allowed to speak to people this way. Um, just because someone serves a company does not make them your servant. If she had told me to go and to the other side of this lobby to get something that she lost, I'd have been like, go. I would not have wasted one additional syllable on this lady and be like, go get your bottle. I am working. I am not your servant. I have things to do here. You lost this object. I just said I wouldn't waste more syllables, but here I go. You lost this object. It is not my job to pick something up for you when you drop something and your body is fully functional. Go take care of it. Some people are horrendously rude and I'll be the one to say that sometimes with these superbly rude people, life takes a little bit longer than it should, uh, to bite them in the butt because the life keeps allowing them to be our problem and that ain't cool. So let's see. But yeah, if you kept your cool, more power to you. I could not promise that I could have done the same thing, but that's just me. Let's see here, is working off-shift illegal? So, my brother works as a chef in a cruise ship, which is currently docked in New York. According to his contract, he is only allowed to work 90 hours a week. That is a lot of hours a week. Whew, more power to him. Uh, His shift is 15 hours a day, 12 hours working, three hour breaks in between. It's been getting busy lately and he is working off-shift, on breaks, lunch and dinner, not enough time to eat. Yesterday, he already reached his 90th hour for the week and was only supposed to work for 11 hours. He ended up clogging out and working five more hours off shift. They don't get paid overtime for those times they work off shift, let alone regular hours, so it's free labor. Don't like that. Um, I asked him why he was doing that, and he told me there's tons of work to do, and they can't just leave the kitchen like that or they will get scolded at. He told me that nobody is telling them to work off shifts, but if they have if they leave the kitchen like that, management will give them a hard time. His co-workers already went to the HR to complain about it, but it fell on deaf ears. We love that. Um, I told him that it's not his job whether the job gets done or not when he is already working 15 hours nonstop. Clearly, there's a staffing issue and poor management is what it sounds like to me. He doesn't get paid for those extra hours he is doing. I advised him to stop doing whatever he is doing as soon as his shift is over. I'm worried that if anything happens to him while working off shift, management will not be liable since he is working off shift and they didn't tell him to work off shift. He's just afraid that he might lose this job. I told him that I think that they are doing what they are doing is against labor laws already and that he has nothing to be afraid of. What do you guys think? I need advice. So typically if someone in my experience is operating within a company's property, when they're not being paid for it, they could get in trouble, but I think it's also a liability for the company. So a good company that has its stuff together, would typically want to ensure that no one's able to get in to the property to work off hours, or they have some kind of security team to at least make sure that the owners or the management is aware that off-hour labor is being performed. Now, here I totally agree, um, and I'm and I'm very much and again I'm going to tag the creator in the description for the YouTube video. So check that out later. She's amazing, um, but I'm very big on the idea of act your wage. You know, if you're not being paid past those hours. Um, then don't perform for those hours. It makes no sense, Um, especially if the company here seems to have this very distorted concept of not paying you for overtime, but expecting you to put in overtime to clean up an area. So I would say definitely, firstly, have a conversation with management. Look, Either I'm allowed to maybe within the last hour of my shift officially close down the kitchen so it can all be cleaned on time and I don't have to put in overtime in order to get these things cleaned up or you hire on some kind of overnight team who specifically comes in to clean because I'm not going to put in these extra hours after my 15 hour shift to clean up this space and not get paid for it. Uh, Yeah. Don't go above and beyond for a company, especially a company that clearly has zero intention of going above and beyond for you, because that's just, it's not, it doesn't serve you. And that's a big thing too. If it doesn't serve you, there's no reason to do it. And by serve you, it can be serving you either immediately where like you are again, being, compensated, like you're getting the overtime, for instance, or serving you in the sense that you know for a fact that doing this favor will result in some kind of promotion in the future or some other kind of benefit. If it doesn't serve you, do not go out of your way. It really it makes no logical sense. So, yeah, keep that in mind. All right quick one here uh let's see fire an employee for missing work uh too many days but has high performance uh would hr fire a high production value over performing em- Hmm. let's see would hr fire a high production value over performing employee there we go who missed one or two days over what maximum time you can miss i wouldn't think so Um, That seems to be, if they were, I think that seems to be a bit harsh, Um, especially again, if it's high value, high production, I think one or two days, I mean, I think there should obviously be a conversation about why those extra days were missed, Um, because clearly in the very beginning, a company is going to tell you, you know, how many PTO days you will either start off with or how many that you will accrue. And then of course, like personal holidays, things like that. Um, So I think if I think if you're able to have a conversation about why it happened, there shouldn't be any reason as to why termination should be on the table Um, and see if there's a way um, if you can, you know, just kind of figure out a way around it. Um, Is there a way for the employee to make up the time that they missed? If it's that kind of position where um, a certain amount of time has to be met or like quotas are concerned? But yeah, otherwise, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. High, high performing employee um, over performing employee, I think, should be fine missing a couple of days extra. But again, I would definitely make sure to provide the opportunity to have a conversation. That way, you know, it's not like you're taking advantage or you're assuming that you're over your high value performance should earn you some benefits that aren't specifically stated. Right. Um we we'll want to make sure that we are doing our best to operate within what seems fair and feasible. Uh but yeah, just have a combo. See what happens. Let's see next submission. Um I quit, but this is still funny. Okay, love it. Let's see. Uh work I worked at my chariot hotel for exactly one year, one week, and two days. Wow, that's very specific. Um, each day worse than the last. In the beginning, I could handle it because my co-workers weren't half bad. But as time went on, the company started to hire more and more people who act as bodies instead of properly training, often throwing themselves to the wolves. Don't love that. For example, I had two NAs on two separate occasions tell me that our manager told them not to worry about it, just wait until... My name gets in and they asked for help. I didn't mind helping, but there were times where I felt like management was flat out using me. I was frustrated and I had enough, so I quit. When I handed in my notice, the acting task force GM uh, asked if I could just hold out for a while. He offered a raise, finally addressed some of my concerns, and even mentioned that a new FOM was starting in a few weeks. Uh... That all sounded fine in theory, but in the year that I worked there, 17 people, not including myself, have quit, seven of those people being managers, so I wasn't very hopeful. Fast forward to now, I just talked to one of my old co-workers and the manager, uh, TGFM, said, so, uh, let's see here, and that manager, weird wording here, uh, yeah. She quit after one week. Oh my God. Um, let's see. Well, th- yeah, that sucks. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you do hop onto a job with an environment and you realize it's kind of a sinking ship. Um, that's kind of how it was with my concierge job. Um, I actually followed their IG account and I saw a video, um, I think a week or so ago and I saw that they had completely been bought out by another company. I actually heard that after I was let go, that everything kind of fell apart, right? Um, but yeah, they have a whole new company overseeing that that building. That's a whole new name, completely restaffed. So yeah, you know, sometimes you hop onto a job and um, you realize, again, it's kind of a sinking ship. Um, so your choice at that point really is just to either find a opportunity to jump ship and let them deal with that. Or sometimes you ride it till the wheels fall off or in this case, until the ship sinks totally your call. Let's see here. Our next submission. <laughs> Oop, missing some bits here. Make sure we got it. Love new submissions. Again, be sure to check out casualbevel.com. Go to the Submit Your Story section or page to um, submit your question, your experience, or your office gossip. Or head over to Reddit um, and check out the Talk Office Gossip community. And um, let us know what you think. Give us your question or share some information. Let's see. This one's simply entitled, I'm Not Ready. All right, working at the front desk, we all know what it's like to get a call, only for the person on the other end having absolutely no idea what they're doing or talking about. Love that. Let's see, which is why I'll never forget this one call. Um, me call, me picking up the phone. Hi, thank you for calling hotel. How can I help today? And this person replies, uh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> okay. They never called back either. Just two seconds of interaction that I'll never remember. That I'll remember for the rest of my life. Thank you for not wasting my time with making me jump through hoops while you figured out your stuff out, my friend. I salute you. Honestly, I appreciate that too. When you are in a position where you're having to answer phone calls, um, honestly, you're not looking for any kind of conversation where someone calls in just to be like, um, "I have no idea what I'm here for." Um, Especially when you realize that you don't just happen upon your company's phone number, right? You have to seek it out. So you would think that people who are seeking out your company's phone number have definitely considered what it is they're trying to talk about. So to receive a phone call where that person clearly has zero idea about what they're looking for, you know, I get it. That's annoying. And, you know, thankfully, this person in particular was able to realize their shortcomings in conversation, and um, left the phone conversation. I highly appreciate that. Let's see, I have too many short terms. Should I leave out some of them? Currently, I am in college right now, and I have and I already have four jobs. Gotcha. None of which lasted beyond four months. Two were during my COVID induced gap year. The other two I did last summer and you left after three months. I'm really concerned about my resume when I graduate and have a real job um, that's related to my major. How screwed am I? Can I just pull the, I was young and needed needs to support myself through college card. So I'd see here, you've already mentioned that two of them were, um, during covid you know the pandemic understandably threw a lot of companies off many businesses shut down um so i think mentioning that the a lot of these short terms were the result of the pandemic i think will work in your favor you know it's it's not about performance it's not about um at least from what you've told me it's not about performance it's not about um say that you were in like a toxic environment with bad management or like just bad people. Um so I think you should be good. But again, you're also in college. So you know people can go through a number of positions in college, jobs in college, and they're and the sole point of any of those jobs is solely friends meet. It's to pay bills if you're like living off campus and whatnot and such which so I think you're good. Personally I've had I've actually had a, a higher amount of rotation in the past couple of years. So I totally get it. Um, I've had a couple of jobs where I've been there for like seven months, six months, four months even. And I definitely have the same concern with any of them. So I make sure that if I know that I have a couple of positions in my past where the time frame doesn't seem ideal, I, I do have a lot of like mock interviews with myself just to be like, okay, how can I address this question, which could come up, you know, do I have a way of telling my prospective employer, you know, why this time frame with this position was so short. um, And can I make sure to work that response in such a way where it's not a negative reflection on me and to where it just, you know, it's just, it's something that happened, you know? But again, college, having a number of jobs, nothing's wrong with that. And plus, honestly, when I was in school, I don't mention that I worked at McAllister's Deli for four years. Um, I don't mention that I worked for Party City. I don't mention that I worked for Tuesday Morning because none of those jobs have any relation to my, my, my degree. You know, I'm a, I'm a digital media and broadcasting graduate from Appalachian State University. So the fact that I worked in food services or retail means nothing to any of the companies within the industry that I would naturally be looking for a job in. So yeah, leave, leave them out. Honestly, if you even want to say you have some subtle experience, if any of the experience from those four jobs, is at all relatable to what you're looking for? Mention it if you want to, otherwise just say you're in college, this is your first job, you know, but if you have, you know, if your scholastics provided you experience that, is related to that job you're looking for, which it sounds like it would be, just talk about that then. Um, When I was going into, when I was preparing to leave college and when I was, you know, interviewing, um, I didn't talk about, again, those food services and and retail jobs that I had. I was talking about the fact that, you know, trying to get like a radio job or a TV job. I was talking about the fact that, you know, through my scholastics, I've been producing audio and video for the past two years. I've uh, been in a uh, newsroom um, environment where I've directed the floor, where I have directed the control room, where I've been on the, the operating board. Um, I've been managing social media. I've done some HTML website creation. You know, Talk about those things. Um, those four off jobs, those short-term jobs that you had while you were in college that have no relation to your major, Those don't even have to be a part of the conversation. You are totally good there. Um, So, yeah, no worries. You are definitely in the clear. Go ahead about it, and let's see. And, uh, yeah, you're good to go. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Casual Babble. I really hope you had a good morning, and if you are commuting to work i do hope that you get there in good shape and you've got a good monday to look forward to um if you are coming into the show late you'll be able to watch the show pretty much immediately on youtube so be sure to check it out there and i will make sure to have the audio version up as well for those of you who like to listen on podbean and in the meantime go ahead and check out the socials all the usernames are bc babbles and don't forget if you're looking to be on the mailing list for the newsletter um, sign up on casualbabble.com you can also submit your story experience or awesome office gossip or your questions on casualbabble.com as well just go to the submit your story page or check out the Reddit community called Talk Office Gossip. And if you want to support the show and the community, check out the Patreon, which provides you ways in which you get acknowledged as a supporter, as well as early access to content, or check out the Buy Me a Coffee link also in the description. So in the meantime, hope you have a good day, and I will